0: Shri Gauri Vaishnava, Guru Paramparati, jaya. Premanandi, Oda. So, evening, everyone. What are the questions tonight? Yes.
1: In regard to continuing yesterday's discussion, you were talking very nicely how, um, about getting a real taste for the process of bhakti before getting an attraction for Krishna, that's generally how it happens in this taste and this greed. So how can we make a distinction between whether we're actually getting the real taste, the real sense of greed, or is it just like, um, for example, if we're chanting, when we're chanting by Jack, we may want to increase our number of rounds gradually. Can we distinguish between that's actually coming from taste and attraction, or just maybe a personal, like a psychological boost to one's own self that one feels good for doing so many, so much more, or something or like
0: that. Well, to be very simple about it, to be very blunt about it, taste is something that uh, that uh, answers the questions. It doesn't leave questions. Hmm? It answers questions. Uh, it can't be doubted hmm? it is the uh, I want to say ultimate parmanam hmm? well we we want to offer different evidences for knowing hmm? so for example Jiva Goswami goes through the different pramanas, pratyaksha, anuman, shabda we may know this is basic epistemology. How do we know what we know? Well, one way that we know what we know is by sense perception. Hmm? But obviously there are limitations to that. Senses themselves have limitations and and so on. And then by reasoning. Hmm? Uh, reasoning has its limitations also. So as he goes through them, he comes to shabda. Shabda means then This connection, revelation, revealed sound. The basic essential idea behind that is that if one is to know comprehensively, he has to have a comprehensive method of knowing. And if the if sense perception and reasoning are limited hmm, in their capacity to afford knowledge, then they are imperfect methods of knowing, and when we speak about perfect knowing, what we're concerned with is perfect happiness. In other words, that knowledge that informs that action by which we can become perfectly happy. Hmm? That is perfect knowledge. Uh, We may think of perfect knowledge in a different way, (laughs) knowing so many different things, but uh, they may not make us happy. Hmm? We might know everything and not be happy. Um, of course, that would be a tall task in itself to know everything. It's said that Shiva knows you know, every 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 uh, every grain of sand and so forth. And, uh, and uh, he's understood the implication is the material world. So he's backed off from it. Still, there's much to be known from there. And ultimately, knowing is loving. Therefore, in the Gita, when Krishna says. Rajavijya rajaguyam pavitram Idam Uttamam pratyaksha Sarma Dharmam kartam Avayam. The King of Knowledge he says, I'm going to speak about now the secret of secrets. We'll go back to this first, but he say, he begins the ninth chapter with that and he concludes it with Man Mad Bhakto. become my devotee, think of me. This is the end of knowledge. This is the king of knowledge. So in love there is knowledge that is essential, if you will. There's no extra baggage there. When you love, you know what to do. Hmm? Hmm. So, with regards to the perfect means of knowing, if the senses are imperfect, we won't play that out. Most of you are familiar with the argument as to the limitations of the senses in terms of bringing perfect knowledge. Hmm? And reasoning uh, also falls short And there's a good reason for that. (laughs) And then we come to Revelation. And the idea for Revelation is that if if perfection wants itself to be known by that which is imperfect, then the imperfect can know hmm, perfectly. If the finite wants to know the infinite, how will it be possible?
1: Hmm.
0: It's not possible for the finite to know the infinite Unless the infinite wants the finite to know, wherein all possibilities uh, lie, where impossible doesn't—it's uh, not part of the lexicon, not part of the dictionary. So, if if infinite wants to reveal itself to the finite, then that which would otherwise be impossible for the finite to know, the infinite becomes possible. So, revelation is the I- is the, the basic idea is a perfect means of knowing, which we would say is to fold your hands submissively, uh, appeal, um, Mm -hmm. that uh, come to the conclusion I can't know comprehensively, I'm not perfectly happy. Sanatana Prabhu approached Sri Chaitanya Dev in this way. And he was a very learned person. Who am I? Why I have to suffer? And so forth. So, so he, anyway, going through the different basic means of knowing Jiva Goswami says, arrives at the idea, that revelation is required for comprehensive knowing. And that, again, is that knowing by which we can become perfectly happy. So, fine, revelation uh, is the perfect means of knowing. In the context of that... Hmm. You're asking, how do we know that we know? <laughs> in other words, your 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 mind and your senses are engaged in bhakti. You give the example of chanting. So this is Sarup Bhakti mm-hmm. chanting. Um uh, so your mind, senses are engaged in in by bhakti and in a transrational Exercise, hmm? an exercise that is reasonable but transcends the limits of where one could arrive at by reason alone. Hmm? And then there's some experience derived from that. So you're following the revelation as, a, as to a, a, a embracing this idea of approaching revelation as to uh, arriving at a perfect means of knowing. And then in the context of that, you want to know hmm? if you're knowing whether you're getting anywhere with that. <laughs> so uh, we come we come back to experience. Pratyaksha means experience. In the Gita, in the first verse, I said I'd come back to this, in so the ninth chapter, he says, Pratyaksha vagamam dharmam susukam kartam avalyam. This highest knowledge that I'm talking about, the king of knowledge, he says, which, as I've explained, citing the chapter's uh, 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 final verse, is bhakti.
1: Hmm?
0: That bhakti is directly perceivable. Pratyaksha means it's per, like per, like perceivable in the senses. So there's experience that comes from our practice, a taste. It's the ultimate pramana. In other words, we are drawn to bhakti because of our sukriti from the past, from the power of a, the influence of, a, of saintly association and so forth, Somewhat by the logic of Bhakti, presented in the philosophy and so forth, which is always going to be fall short, as any logic does or any philosophy does, especially if a philosophy or a logic that's tried to speak about that, which is in reason about that, which is beyond reason, beyond thought. Hmm? Our Goswamis, our charges have done a good job of reasoning about it, obviously, but but you cannot fully. Um, put into uh, philosophical thought, into language, that again, as I say, that transcends both. Hmm? So we're drawn to that, <laughs> we, to to Bhakti for different reasons. Ultimately, we're drawn to it because of association. In previous lives and so forth, it makes us predisposed towards the logic of 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 Bhakti, the logic of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, so we, 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 we tend to identify with the arguments and so forth, not entirely on the basis of their logic, but on the basis of a predisposition towards the logic of them that's been arrived at at a non-rational or, a tr- by, a, or by a trans-rational methodology, which is sadhusanga. This is, again, how this is passed on, which is where we left off last night. It's a, it's a contagious type of thing. You need a... A Someone who has this uh, disease <laughs> of bhakti, the book is not sufficient. Hmm? We need a live, uh, live wire, so to speak, hmm? uh, to communicate the disease, to pass it on. Hmm? Um, and so, in the context of all of this, we get experience. So so we, we then that confirms our participation more than anything else. We can reason about it, we can read about it, we can um, see others practice it and be inspired to some extent. But when we ourselves get involved and get some experience hmm, of what's being talked about, and if you've heard... Sufficiently, you know i 'm experiencing what 's being talked about here that 's the value of, of 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 hearing and and in uh, learning the text and so forth. do you know i 'm experiencing what 's being talked about here, and even beyond knowing that you're experiencing what 's being talked about, the experience is such that it's so um, confirming hmm, that a little bit of experience goes. Much, much farther than than hundreds of lectures, hmm. and they're all important. Those lectures uh, and, and practices and so forth are important. They may all help us to get a little bit of experience, but a little bit of real experience is such that you don't you don't have any question when you have experience. It answers questions. It retires the questions. Hmm. It's like. I'm walking down the road and I'm wondering, you know, how far am I on the right path? And then you see a sign, so many miles to the goal. It's uh, some confirmation. Or you see some light, a light in the distance. So genuine experience um, uh, really retires questions. So the fact that, in one sense, the fact that you're asking the question, the answer would be well, obviously, you don't have experience. Hmm? I mean, you're just posing a question, but the basic question to to, to reiterate that is, I'm chanting, how do I know if my desire to increase the chanting is based on a taste derived from the chanting or whether it's based on something else? Uh, It makes me feel better about myself because now I'm chanting 32 rounds instead of 16 rounds and therefore I must be... Uh, better, better off, more engaged, and and so forth. that kind of mental kind of uh, exercise and thinking and so forth is 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 not symptomatic of having a taste which uh, draws one to, to chant more and leaves one with no questions. Hmm? Uh, it seems very easy for the uh, the Western devotees, or maybe Eastern as well, but my familiarity with with the Western devotees to be very get very mental about this, and a lot. There, and there's also a lot of, um, I think there's a, a way in some sects of presenting the teaching that causes people to doubt themselves, also. And, more than necessary, and become a little neurotic uh, if you will about the the, the, the practices hmm? and that t- question is kind of a neuro- neurosis I- I- in a sense uh, <laughs> it seems symptomatic to me hmm? you have a prescribed number of rounds that you 've contracted with your guru as you know as a reasonable um, Uh, practice on a daily basis and so forth and the encouragement that as the taste increases you may increase and so forth and uh, when there's a taste then there's no counting Hmm? for that matter when there's a taste there's really no counting oh another round is done oh another round is done oh another round is done (laughs) Uh, and when, when you're counting, it's like they're chanting and they're looking at the beads and how far is it till the end of the round and then <laughs> pulling down. This is counting, not chanting. Hmm? Uh, so and so suddenly, let's say you you say you've you've you've, you've uh, arranged with your guru to chant 24 24 rounds a day. So suddenly, it's 24 rounds have been chanted. It's not thinking, but chanting and looking at the clock. Hmm? Okay and, and counting the beads and so forth. Hmm? Uh, So this is taste. Now, within that, of course, there may be lesser degrees of taste, some taste and so forth. But taste, if you look at it in terms of the actual stage of Ruchi, where taste is reliable, hmm? not, um, well, unreliable. It's sometimes there, it's sometimes not there. In the stage of Ruchi, it's reliable. There's attachment to Bhakti. Therefore, Mahaprabhu Shijitani they've said na nadanom na na kobitam kobitamba. Hmm? So he's described Ruchi in a negative way. In other words, it constitutes absence of a taste for other things. Hmm? Nadanam Najanam Nasund, I'm not interested in this, that are women, followers, men, uh, money, I'm not preoccupied with these kind of concerns i'm not worried about how i 'm going to pay the bills hmm? or, uh, 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 or 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 uh, any such uh concerns this this is what he 's speaking about, so negatively he 's described Ruchi no taste for those things and he says i don't even care about ending birth and death. I just want to do bhakti hmm? So then, to use that as a as as a guidepost, if you will, mm-hmm. what is the real taste and what is not? If you want to talk about it beyond just the fact that it's confirming, and I am and, and I, it's confirming in the way because it, the, the experience is what it, the, the world, the prospect of the world evaporates. Maybe just for a short time, because your taste may not be reliable. It evaporates. Mm-hmm. There's no taste for that, and the t- the chanting is is it's not a, it's a more of a you are being chanted than you're chanting hmm? the the name is dancing on the lip on the tongue hmm? and it's not that your jaw gets tired or 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 something like that <laughs> so um anyway absence of a taste for other things this is some kind of a, a symptom that I'm making some progress. Of course, there may be absence for a taste for other things and no taste for bhakti. Hmm? This is more relative to the stage of Ruchi where the intelligence is more active, and on the basis of intelligence, having heard and so forth, one uh, reasons that there's no value in having taste in anything else. Some seed of desire for such tastes may be there, but intelligence. Doesn't allow it to 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 uh, to sprout, hmm? and so there, with intelligence by the force of intelligence, one remains engaged in bhakti, hearing and chanting and so forth. Then, gradually, he or she comes to the stage of ruchi, where where the heart starts to come out. Hmm? Intelligence is still plays a role in ruchi; it retires, so to speak, in the stage of asakti, hmm? but. There starts to be a shift in Ruchi between an intelligence guided uh, uh, practice and a heart guided practice. Uh, it, it, I've given the example before. It's like the difference between medicine, the chanting is medicine, and I'm convinced that I should take the medicine. I'm convinced that I should fast from other foods and that I should take the medicine. I'm convinced. And on the basis of that conviction, with a little experience, obviously, because that's grounding you, that's why you're there, and then uh, good spiritually um, guided intellect, Mm -hmm. you're taking the medicine. When you come to the stage of ruchi, the medicine turns into food. Mm -hmm. Not only food, but amrit. Dessert, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it. So the, the medicine becomes the food then. So this, it's you, you take medicine because you know you should and so forth, and, and maybe you even feel good when you do. Hmm? I take it, and then I feel good and so forth. But with, in ruchi, you have to eat. There's no question. There's hunger, you, 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 you have to eat, and you don't think about it and so forth. So there's a shift hmm, in this stage. So we can look at the stage of Ruchi, analyze it very carefully, and then try to apply it to ourselves in lower stages before we attain the stage of Ruchi, when taste comes and goes, taste comes and goes, and um, identify it. But overall, as I say, hmm, it really answers questions. I know I have a taste. It's like nothing. It's not part of the world. It's not just... Something that's um, titillating my intellect, hmm, making me feel better about myself, uh, or anything of the sort—it's making me feel that that the prospect that has come before me hmm, through Guru Parampara hmm, and the opportunity to engage in bhakti in a systematic way—that that prospect that has come before me—it's coming to life. It's coming to life. Hmm. I, ne- I can—I never leave this. I like this. I am hmm. attached to this. Again, uh, I, I need this. I, like you feel about listening to my lectures, hmm. as you've told me. I can't go a couple of days. I've got to hear those lectures. Hmm. Something like that. So the chanting <laughs> like that. Of course, you don't stop chanting. You chant every day. But maybe if you chant, didn't do a couple of days, you think, I've got to start chanting <laughs> But, um but overall, as I, as I, as I say, I, I want to answer the question in this way. Taste ends, answers the questions. It, it, it removes doubts. So when, some, when someone says to me, how do I know, for example, this is along the same lines and this is where we left off uh, last night, how do I know if I'm qualified to tread the path of, 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 of Rag Marg? Well, obviously, the answer is you're not. Hmm? Because, <laughs> you understand? because it's it's not a question of. It, it's almost I'm doing it even though I shouldn't. Hmm? There may be good reasons why I shouldn't. I'm disqualified. But I have a taste for that. Yeah. So it's taste driven. Now, of course, as Loss explained, we are treading the Ragmar, but in a qualified way. Ajataruchi, Raganuga Bhaktas. We're treading the path of rag, to the to the ideal of bhindab and bhakti, without any taste, based on attachment to someone who has a taste, and so forth. So a qualified uh, rag marg uh, approach. Um, but I've had this question before: How do I know if I'm qualified to to and what does it mean? You can tread the Mark according to your qualification. It means according to the measure of your taste, you can employ that which is uh, 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 relative to the path and forego that which is not, and so forth. Uh, so, uh, there's a kind of... Of course, then people can cheat themselves and say, I know, I don't have to ask anybody, uh, But, uh, but... Uh, we should also know that there's no shortcut, so to speak. You can't get around avoiding chanting offenselessly. You have to cha- overcome offensive, ch- offensive chanting hmm? in order to be successful. So can you sit and chant attentively without the mind being distracted? Hmm? This says something about our uh, taste about our qualification and so on and so forth mm. and again taste is the real real qualification for the marg if you want to call it greed i mean greed and bak, greed for bhakti lobha means no no greed in anything else mm. you can't be greedy for bhakti and then be greedy for something else at the same time that, that the material it doesn't uh, the, doesn't uh, doesn't work like that that's why we said Loba or greediness, which is the which is the the uh, qualifying uh, the, the the requirement, the necessity, the to to tread the path of of of, of ragmarg. It's more rarely attained than bhava bhakti in the Vaidimarg. So, I mean, the full sense of that. So, this taste, this loba, it's not a not a cheap thing. Mm-hmm. Bhaktisiddhanta, Thakur and following Bhaktivinoda you know, for that matter, they were very strong on this point, seeing much imitation of Ragmark and so forth. Still we consider ourselves members, obviously, of the Ragmarks which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give, but again with qualification. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is, again, that as we practice, we get experienced, questions are answered. Mm-hmm. Especially the question, "Do I have a taste?" <laughs> is answered. Am I qualified? You know, and to what extent the taste is 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 qualifying? So we have to if we have to ask. Hmm? I suppose we could ask, and then be tested with regard to our taste by by our guide and so forth. And, um, but overall, I would say, and I'd like to answer, the taste you know, hmm. it, it removes the doubt. Do you follow? It's the ultimate pramanam, in other words. While we say Shastra is the ultimate pramana or way of, way of knowing, we go beyond that again and say experience is the is knowing. Of course, that experience will correspond with, with the Shabda, with revelation. Hmm. Therefore, we were talking about the other day the importance of studying Bhakti Rasmrita Sindhu, for example. Knowing the path, knowing what is bhakti, what is not bhakti, what is bhava, what is bhava-bhasa, and so forth. And you can sort that out. You could get a bhava boss and think, just see, I've attained bhava-bhakti last night. Hmm? I heard the lecture, and I was transported and so forth. Now I'm a bhava-bhakti. And, and then the next morning you're overeating or something. So, <laughs> so it's important to know all these some acquaintance with all these things that that gives you greater eligibility to tread the path so taste anyway it's very confirming hmm? and y- you don't have to ask so to speak now you know that's another thing is that you might think I'm chanting 16 rounds I could chant t- 32 rounds I have enough time hmm? let me do that you might not have more taste hmm? but that that might be fine relative to your situation. Now if you're in a mission and so forth like this, then we utilize our time for the mission. Serving the mission is 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 is, is non different than serving your mala. If Guru Gurudev says, uh, you know, come over here, I've got some service for you. You can't say, I'm chanting, Gurudev. Remember? That's what it's all about. I'm chanting <laughs> Yeah, dis- disqualified. And we put down our mala to serve the mission on the c- command of the guru and so forth. It's only on his or her command that we are chanting in the first place. And so we have to have Sevan Mukhe jivado, Right? It begins jivado with the chanting on the tongue, but sevanmuke. There's a serving attitude behind that. I'm serving because because, because someone has told me what service is, inspired me, engaged me. I'm connected with someone of spiritual consequence. Hmm? That's what is making my spiritual life. Again, that's so, that association. You can't overestimate underestimate the value of sadhu sangha, of uh, the importance of um, um, uh, practice under good guidance and so forth. Hmm? So that takes precedence over everything. That's why, for example, Jiva Goswami says in Bhakti Sandarbha that some, that, that guru-bhakti is an anga of Krishna-bhakti. Krishna-bhakti is the angi, the body. Guru-bhakti is one of the limbs, one of the angas of Krishna-bhakti. We cannot do Krishna-bhakti without guru-bhakti. Therefore, before we worship the deity, we worship the guru. We take the permission of the guru. We offer flowers, iram, Pushpam, gurave Namaha, and so forth. Right? Hmm? With the taking your permission, I worship the deity. So, Krishna Bhakti is prefaced by Guru Bhakti. Guru Bhakti is a very prominent limb, or Anga, of the body, or Angi, of Bhakti. But some devotees reverse this out, and they make Krishna Bhakti the Anga of Guru Bhakti. Hmm? And so that means they may put down an unga, a limb of Krishna Bhakti, like chanting, for example, to serve the guru. Obviously a person in this situation lives with the guru and can attend to the personal needs of the guru and so forth, and they can make this their whole sadhana.
1: Hmm?
0: They may forego other angas of, of Krishna Bhakti, make them subordinate, at hmm, least, to Guru Bhakti. So and and of course Jiva Goswami says, and this pleases Krishna even even more. Hmm? So uh, so Guru guided, Vaishnav guided and blessed, Bhakti, we want to be in in engaged in there and there in the context of that we get taste. So but without taste, given our circumstance we may say, I've I'm here, I've got time, I've got um Uh, Guru Maharaj has not called me for any service. I could fill this time with chanting. And you may not have taste, but uh, that's a good practice. Hmm. So to conscientiously use use your time hmm, in Krishna's service, you find opportunities. You could waste time or you could chant or you could read or or more or or whatever it may be. Hmm. So it's good to be conscientious like that. You might increase your chanting on that, that basis, but I wouldn't be too preoccupied with the number of rounds. Now I'm chanting this many. Now I'm chanting that many. The purpose of a number of rounds is is that is that you that, you're, that you don't become whimsical, that you don't become negligent, hmm? and you make a certain commitment. It should be a commitment that you can follow, like Prabhupada has described in written his own commentary on Bhakti Goshamrita to the Nectar Devotion one should take a vow that one can actually follow. Hmm? He mentions it with regard to chanting 16 rounds, he says. We've come up with this one, but one should pick a vow that they can actually follow. That's the principle. 16 or 28 or 42 or 64, that's a detail. Hmm? The principle is one should accept some commitment that one can live up to, and this keeps one honest, so to speak. But this is all very kind of very kind of basic. There comes a point where you can where we're chanting, taking prasad, reading, arresting, hmm? It's all the same. Hmm? One's doing accordingly as one needs for for, for one, one's service and so forth. In the beginning there's the counting, there's a certain number and so I wouldn't be too preoccupied with whether there's going to be 32, or we should do our commitment, and so forth, or 64. People have a magical idea about chant 64 rounds, and Mahaprabhu Chaitanya Dev said, I won't take food from the hand of anyone who's not chanted 64 rounds. So there's an emphasis on this. But this is, Siddha Marsh called it, a, it
1: uh,
0: appropriately so, a detail, only a detail. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, Gitaniya It means to be always engaged.
1: Hmm.
0: Does that help? What else?
1: query we had. Yeah. Well, we we'll were discussing with one, uh, one seeing devotee in another mission. They were, they were bringing up the point that they know, they know certain people, congregation members, I think, that they claim they have had direct experience of Krishna, but yet their lives didn't seem to drastically change. And she was saying that it, it doesn't have to, you know, they, they still do what they do, huh? but. I was under the con- conviction that you know, if I, I had a direct experience of Krishna, then I could not continue my, my, my normal life. It would be a
0: full commitment from that point. If devotees so that's the debate? Hmm? That's the debate? Yeah, exactly. Whether the life would change or not? It depends, I would say, on the measure of the experience. Hmm. For example, a, a sadhaka can have... A uh, profound experience, worshiping the deity. The deity might speak to to a sadhaka. So the deity might say to you, "Bring more. Hmm? Pay attention." I don't think you'd say that, <laughs> but uh, you know. And so you have an experience, and it's very profound, and it's confirming, and so forth. But it's not lasting, nonetheless. It's not lasting. It, 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 it's lasting that you remember it. it. It's a marker in your life. It helps to cement you in your practice and and your faith and your commitment and so forth. But it may not be... Uh, he, 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 tomorrow morning he might not be talking to you. And you might feel groggy and, and get up and go to Arctic just because you know you should and so forth. Not because he, he, he's talking to me every day. Mm. So you can have, one can have, as a sadhak, one can have a deep experience and then, so to speak, the, the the clouds part and you see the sun. And at that moment, of course, your life has changed dramatically, but then the clouds come again. Mm. And then that becomes a memory, it becomes like something in your brain is burned there. You can think about that in the future. In the future, you can think about that. You get a semblance of the experience. Hmm? A semblance of the experience. At the time, all those brain cells are all just burned with experience. And it's just, the experience is constant. Um, but at any rate, so you could have a deep experience like that, and then it goes away. And then, because you're not having it on an ongoing basis, it's not changing your life. Hmm? So I think that you could have an experience and it w- it wouldn't necessarily alter your life. Let's say you were you were a married person, married woman, and you had, you know, two children and a husband and uh you know, a whole lifestyle and you were a devotee and so forth, and you had a profound experience. Let's say you came to the temple, offered the Arctic and and the deities uh said to you, you know, use the other incense or something, you know. And, and so so the, and then you want you cry about it. You, you, you. It's, you're extremely humbled by that. You might share that with somebody that you have confidence in, and, and so forth. And but it's not happening every day. What are, you, what are you going to do? Give up your family and your kids, kids and therefore you should change your life dramatically. Well, I'll go now become a sannyasi, you know, and just wander on the banks of the Ganges. Uh, the, the experience it's not ongoing or continuous or uh, Krishna's merciful. one sadhaka can have a deep experience. And it will be life-changing in a way. It's, those are the kind of things that confirm my participation, as I said earlier, more than anything else. Hmm? But it may not be something that can be recalled or repeated. You don't have that measure of practice and that measure of bhakti hmm, to draw that much from Bhagwan on a regular basis so it, you know i didn't know what the people were experiencing or claimed they were experiencing i wouldn't necessarily dismiss altogether um the, the that i that idea that uh, they had an ex some experience then again they may have just made it up and imagined the experience and the imagination is very powerful so People are very much prone to that. Like that fellow was chanting and said, every time I chant, I get surrounded by a blue light. And Prabhupada said, keep chanting, it'll go away. Mm-hmm. So you know that side is there too. So you might sometimes we may emphasize that that side and dismiss the experiences of others. Um, I, I would I would think you know an experience would change their life enough that they. would start coming to the temple regularly and, you know, and take up the practices of bhakti and so forth. If we don't even see that, then obviously the then experience is questionable. Yes? I just wanted to say that this Mantra Chau is saying that these people, they are actually the only one they are in the Christian region. like really, they are already there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh uh-huh this is uh again uh even even the qualification to tread the ragmarg, which affords one experience of a citadaya and so forth is very very rarely achieved hmm? what to speak of many people many devotees like this so we we don't tend to take that too seriously. Yeah, that, that, those kind of stories. Hmm?
1: Yeah, When I hear, I'm thinking, I'm trying so hard. I'm getting, you know, getting experience with not seeing Krishna or hearing him speaking. Or uh-huh. you know, getting, these, these devotees, either they are just making it up or they're extremely qualified from some previous devotions then why in that situation, in that seemingly
0: in that yeah. yeah. And we can't take that very seriously. such persons would be very compelling, their association would be very, very extremely compelling. Just seeing them you would you would be inspired and hearing them and and they would they would be this is not, it's a It's a total, uh, you know, you study shikshastakam, it's a, it's a total preoccupation. Nadanam na nasundarim. na sundarim. So, Mahaprabhu said, I have no taste for any of these things. And this is still in sadhana bhakti. And then asakti uh, means that all the attachments one would have for the material world are all now reposed in Krishna. And uh, this is just the budding then of, of the, of the uh, experience of one's identity and relationship with Krishna. In bhava-bhakti, um, you, 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 you might find the bhava-bhakti engage in apparent worldly activities, but you'd know he or she was completely otherworldly at the same time
1: it's
0: a little difficult to hide that kind of what one's completely preoccupied with so yeah I I wouldn't take that kind of thing seriously we have a bit of a uh, in our Bhaktivinoda Paribhara, the lineage coming from Bhaktivinoda we have a a bit of a um, what do you call it a bit of a skeptical, we were a bit skeptical. When Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj was once uh, visiting the, a doctor in Calcutta for an exam or something like that. So the doctor was an educated man and Sridhar Maharaj was an educated man and, and devotee and sannyasin and so forth. And uh, so the doctor said at one point to him, so what have you gotten out of this? You know, you spent your whole life for this Hmm. what have you gotten out of this? What, what have you gained from it? And he said, uh, I'll tell you what I've gained. I know that Ramakrishna is bogus. <laughs> Ramakrishna is very popular, or Vivekananda is bogus, I think he said. It's very popular in Bengal. Hmm. And uh, as somebody who's attained everything, Popular for that, and the Gaudium position is Vivekananda's bogus. Incidentally, Vivekananda was a chain smoker and a meat eater. The whole go- Vedanta society there—they're they're meat eaters. I can't—I found that out the other day. I never knew that. I was shocked. Hmm? At any rate, hmm? okay. uh, <laughs> uh, that was his way of saying, "This is a this—the attainment that you're." Thinking I might talk about and so forth, that is very high. Hmm? I'm I've attained. I will say this. I've attained this. I know what is not bhakti. Hmm? I'm sure what is not bhakti. What is imitation bhakti? And I'm not interested in that. And I'm happy to know I'm on the real path. Hmm? Sarsatitakur bhaktisanta Sarsatitakur talked eighty percent about what bhakti is not, what bhava is not, what preem is not. 20% about what it is. so. And we, we find this same method in the Gita and the Bhagavatam, weaving between emphasizing bhakti and then talking about that which is not bhakti or which is a mixture with bhakti of something else. and So by contrast, making the case for bhakti. This is bhakti, this is not bhakti, this is only partially bhakti, and so on and so forth. So... He wanted to say, Pujabhatrita Marsh in that instance, and in, in telling us that, 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 look for this. This is substantial. You may think I'm not getting anywhere, but if you, think, if you know this Mayavad is bogus. I've gotten somewhere. I've got a foundation stone hmm. in place. Hmm. Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam. So We're trying to put this foundation stone in place. We speak about it often enough. Hmm. We talked about it a little bit the other night as well, based on your your question and so forth. Hmm. the the guru will say oh, that stone is in place very good he's he's making so much progress and we may be thinking I'm not making progress I mean, it's like there were some sannyasi disciples who came before Saraswati Thakur back in the the 1930s early 1930s and they said Guru Maharaj he said, yes he said, we have a question we are a little shy to put it before you but we have a question he said, what is it? He said that you are speaking about many high things at times. We have been involved for ten years now. Ten years of practicing. And those high things are not coming within us. This is our doubt. And Bhaktisdhantastri Thakur said, Oh, I'm relieved to hear that. If you had come and said, We have been practicing for ten years and all these high things are coming within us, then I would be, I would be concerned that you had not understood how high those things are mm-hmm. that how rare they, they they are to to attain and so forth
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's one thing to be <laughs> it's it, it, it's one thing to be um, i guess what's was were the thief or a, were us a thief or a counterfeiter counterfeiter oh he's printing money looks like money it's very deceptive Hmm? Stealing is obvious, you know, okay, stealing. Hmm? Counterfeiting, it's very hard, to, harder to detect. So this is a, this is a problem. Hmm? boss so this is kind of like trying to steal the whole, the, but uh, imitation, sahajism, to use a, that term, to take it, take it, take it lightly. Hmm? This is like counterfeit. Big problem. Hmm. You don't want that coming in you. A tendency to think, just see, I'm I'm, I'm making so much progress. Imagine your way further along. Better to look at it in a healthy way, like, I'm on a lower stage here. But no, if you know what the path of bhakti is, you think, I'm on a lower stage. I'm in bhakti. Like, There was a story... After the disappearance of Pujapad Sridomaraj Bhakti Pramod Puri Gosami Maharaj, his dear friend and godbrother, uh some disciples from of Sridharmarsh came to him for sannyas and, rather than to his successor, Sridharmar's successor Govinda Maharaj, and there was some some rift between the two moths on some level. And so the disciples were arguing and so forth. And then one of the disciples of Sridhar Maharaj said Anyway, our Guru Maharaj has said that Puri Goswami Maharaj is Kaniṣṭhādhikārī. So then this news came back from the disciples from, uh, of Puri Maharaj. And he said that uh, they have said that Sridhar Maharaj has called you Dikari. They were, they were offended. And then Puj- Pujapad Puri Maharaj said, Sridhar Maharaj has said? I'm Kaniṣṭhādhikārī. He said, ah, excuse me." that he has given me somebody, recognized that I have eligibility to actually tread the path. And he, he really meant it. He wasn't just like making, you know, being cute about it. He thought, just see. That. And then we were thinking, here is Uttamadikari, this is Uttamadikari, this kind of thinking. Hmm? You understand? Hmm? He had regard for Sridhar Maharaj. If Sridhar Maharaj thinks I'm a Khamini wow, I'm lucky. Hmm? What is my position? Actually, your position is very high <laughs> to think like that. Hmm? So, yeah, if we understand the path, then to be on it as a sadhaka under good guidance, because we're so fortunate. When we will attain a goal, it's, it's not so much a concern. Hmm? The path is the goal that one has to learn the path is the goal the more you start to understand the path is the goal the more you realize I've attained a goal <laughs> uh, it's different than I thought it would be <laughs> something like that what's the time? 8, Eight o'clock okay yeah, we'll stop there so we have a visitor Tom is your name? Nice of you to come and you. here in the forest with us. Where are you from? Um, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. I lived out in Utah this summer. So in Utah? Yeah,
1: kind of from
0: all over. Okay, so you're traveling for the summer. Uh, yeah, yeah. In all over. Um, I've been uh, touring a few
1: temples. Uh, the fourth one I've been touring a few temples.
0: Okay, well, good. You're welcome to take advantage of the atmosphere here.
1: Hmm.
0: Gaud Bhakti Vrindaki Jai Gaud Premanande